Look. Also, Shine, Jesus, Shine is such a classic. I have not sung that in ages. <laughs> I loved it. Um, hi, if I haven't met you, I'm Christina. Um, as we've said that I work at this church. I'm a student worker, but I also do youth as well. Um, so I do part-time students, part-time youth. Um, and yeah, really enjoyed it so far. Um, I came in September, so I'm not sure if that's eight months or if that's like five or something. Um, but um, yeah, like I haven't been here for very long, but it's been really great so far. So um, that's good. Um, yeah, so we, over the last few weeks, you've been looking at John's Gospel and the I am saying to Jesus. Um, and I think last week you were looking at Jesus kind of when he was saying, I'm the bread of life. Um, but this week we're going to be looking at Jesus when he says, I'm the light of the world. Um, so I'm just going to read our passage um, and then, yeah, and then we can get on. Um, so we are in John 8, um, and we're starting in verse 12, if you want to grab a Bible, um, and we're going to verse 30. So, yeah, so John's Gospel says, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The Pharisees challenged him, Father who sent me. In your own law, it is written that the testimony of two witnesses is true. I am one who testifies for myself. My other witness is the Father who sent me. Then they asked him, where is your Father? You do not know me or my Father, Jesus replied. If you knew me, you would know my Father also. He spoke these words while teaching in the temple courts near the place where the offerings were put. Yet no one seized him because his hour had not yet come. Once more Jesus said to them, I am going away and you will look for me and you will die in your sin. Where I go you cannot come. This made the Jews ask, will he kill himself? Is that why he says, where I go you cannot come? But he continued, you are from below, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. I told you that you will die in your sins. If you do not believe that I am he, you will indeed die in your sins. Who are you? They asked. Just what I've been telling you from the beginning, Jesus replied. I have much to say in judgment of you, but he who sent me is trustworthy. And what I've heard from him, I tell the world. They did not understand that he was telling them about his father. So Jesus said, when you have lifted up the son of man, then you will know that I am he and that I do nothing on my own, but speak just what the father has taught me. The one who sends me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do what pleases him. Even as he spoke, many believed in him. This is the word of the Lord. So John's gospel is very much Jesus revealing who he is to the people that he follows. Um, and we can see that in this passage. There's various points where he, he just reveals a little bit more of who he is. And often, obviously, we can see lots of the people like, what are you talking about? Um, but the main one I want to focus on is actually the first thing that Jesus says. Um, and when he says... I'm the light of the world. But before we get to that, um, I have a question for you. Um, what is the most recent memory you have of being in pitch, black, in pitch darkness? Like no light, not even the moon, 
just pitch darkness, and what are your feelings you associate with that memory? Um, for me, when I think of this question, um, it was probably a few months ago when I was in church um, here, and it was Thursday club, so we were down in Quench, um, but I had left something in the office, and I needed to come over to church to get it. And to be honest, I was a little bit lazy, so I didn't turn the lights on, um, which I was like, it'd be fine. It's like, like empty space. I won't bump into anything. But it was only when I started walking that I realized they'd set up for the morning service on Sunday, and actually there was a bit more of an assault course than I realized. Um, it was fine. I didn't injure myself at all, actually, because I was kind of like, oh, oh gosh, there we go, there we go. Um, but it's kind of like we often, if we know a place, often we feel like, oh, we can walk, even though I can't see. Um, but actually, that happens when we, ha when we do that, sometimes we trip up. Um, and also, when I was, like, it's sort of an irrational thing, isn't it? But when you're in darkness, you're like, what's there? Anything could come out. And like, I was literally coming back out of the office, and I was like, what if zombies just came? And like, what would I do? How would I shut the door? Like, <laughs> gosh, I was just like, this is so irrational, Christina. But um, yeah, you just don't really know what's out there, do you? Um, and then also, when I was a child, I was definitely scared of the dark. That was one of the things. And um, I don't know about you, but often, if I had to go to the bathroom at night, I'd turn on my light. But even walking back, I would like take a flying leap onto my bed, just because I was like, the monster underneath my bed's going to snatch me. I was like, obviously, I know that's not true. Um, but it was that, that irrational feel, um, fear. And I'm not as scared of the dark anymore. Um, there are, obviously, as I just said, there are points where I'm like, ooh. But, um, and I think also now, it's not just much in a physical darkness, it's also a spiritual darkness that I'm probably a bit more wary of. Um, and I don't know if you're aware of that as well. Um, but in verse 12 in our reading, um, Jesus reveals to the people that he's speaking to, um, and he says, um, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And this is the one thing I want to focus on today. Um, and as Amy said, I want to focus on that, that this verse tells us three things about Jesus. Um, it tells us, one, that he will illuminate our world. Secondly, it tells us he will illuminate our path. And thirdly, he'll tell, it tells us that he will illuminate our lives. So firstly, Jesus illuminates our world. I don't know about you, but I don't need to go very far to see darkness in this world, um, physical and spiritual. Um, just look at the news or my like own, I don't know, your own personal story, um, you could probably testify to that. Um, and also, just last, well, actually, no, this week, like, literally just yesterday, we heard about um, a little girl who was killed by a dog. Um, and even last week, we heard about um, another black life that was taken um, in police br brutality in the US. And then also, there's, a, you know, the war in Ukraine, unrest in Israel, and just a, kind of a casual, like, climate crisis, gently rumbling away in the background. Um, so there's a yeah, there's a lot of darkness in our world. Um, but darkness in the world around us is not a new thing. Um, in Jesus' time, the Hebrew people um, were under the darkness, were under darkness, under Roman occupation. And God's prophets um, had been silent for 400 years, um, and there wasn't seemed to be an end in sight. The priests would repeatedly 
read aloud the old prophecies about the Messiah um, in the synagogues to be heard by the people. And I can imagine that it was probably quite a longing to kind of see him come and set them free. And Isaiah 9 verse 2 was part of one of these prophecies that was probably read. Um, I, you'll probably recognize it, but it says, um, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Now, it's a classic Christmas reading, um, but actually it was the first thing that I thought of when I was sort of getting ready for today. Um, and I was just thinking, like, I could probably just imagine that longing that the Jewish people had um, to kind of hear this prophecy spoken about for years and just kind of think, when's this going to happen? Um, when are we going to see the Messiah come, a great military leader to save us from those who oppress us? And I don't know if you're also getting a bit of that anticipation now as we wait for Jesus to come back again. And then Jesus comes on the scene, um, this really this nobody from Bethlehem, this carpenter, and he kind of comes on the scene saying, I am the light of the world. And everyone's like, wow, that's ballsy. <laughs> um, this young carpenter from like, Bethlehem, like people knew who Jesus' parents were, um, and they were kind of just like, how can he say I'm the light of the world? He has human parents, he's a human just like us. So he testifies about his identity, but we also see the author of John's Gospel do that too, and we see Jack, John the Baptist do that as well. Um, so let me take you back to the opening chapter of the book, so John 1, um, and yeah, we read it um, earlier. He, when, Jesus is well, when John is talking about the word made flesh, referring to Jesus, he says, in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness not, has not overcome it. So Jesus is testifying to, he is the light of the world, and John is also testifying. And we see John the Baptist also saying, prepare the way for this person to come. But I just kind of want to like, stop there, and I think also say, isn't that amazing that the gods, the creator of the universe and all that is in it, step down into a world full of darkness to be, light of all, to be the light of all mankind. And the creator of the universe has stepped down into darkness for the Jewish people, the darkness of the last 400 years, and became a small baby boy, which is probably what they didn't really expect, but anyway. Um, and when we look at our world, we can be encouraged that all... Although we see so much darkness, the light that we know that, than light, we know that Jesus has actually won the ultimate victory. And kind of, yeah, as it says in John, like, the darkness cannot overcome him. Yeah, so Jesus, the Son of God, has stepped down into our world, into a dark world to bring light and life. But also, he also illuminates our own path, doesn't he? So go back to that memory that you pulled up at the beginning um, of that time when you were in pitch darkness. Like me, did you try walking in there or did you sort of wait for a light? Yeah. Um, it's, it's kind of hard to walk in the dark, isn't it, without, well, we're getting through on scratch. Sometimes we can manage it, but often we fall, we fall over or we bump ourselves or something like that. Um, it's also pretty scary, isn't it, when you're just like, I don't know where I'm going, I don't know what's ahead. Um, and 
The one time I do like walking in the dark is often when I'm at home with my parents up in Scotland um, and I've been tasked with walking the dogs around the garden at night. But it's a really clear day, a really clear evening and actually the moon shining and I can like, see it quite well. And also it's familiar to me. Like, I know the path, I know the rises, I know the drops. But obviously some nights I still need a torch or something to illuminate the path in front of me. And in our passage, in the first verse, Jesus does go on to promise that those who follow him will never walk in darkness, that they can trust his leading, that, they will illuminate, that he will illuminate their path with his light. And also Psalm 56, verse 13 says, For you have delivered me from death and my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before God in the light of life. And this is kind of just saying that, actually, as we journey through life, Jesus has saved us from the darkness. He saved us from bumping, like stubbing our toe in the dark. Um, but he's also saved us to walk in his light, to let him guide our steps and to walk with us on our journey through life. But I don't know about you, but I found that he doesn't, like illuminate the whole path in front of me, and I now know what I'm doing in 10 years or 20 years or um, where I'll be in, uh, towards the end of my life. Um, I find that more often he than not, actually, he illuminates the steps in front of me, and he's, he just reveals his purpose for my life a bit. bit. So when I finished school, um, I sensed God calling me to go out and do YWAM to do a DTS. Um, and YWAM stands for Youth of a Mission, um, and it's an organization that helps um, young people to go out and do mission among the nations. And the DTS is basically their discipleship training school. Um, it runs for six months, um, and you have three months training and then three months outreach. And actually, I learned so much about God and myself. Um, it was such an amazing time. Um, but towards the end of the six kind of months, they started to encourage us to actually um, seek God for what was next. Um, I was, I mean, my parents wanted me to come back to university. I had a place at a university to study sociology, but I didn't really want to do that. Um, I kind of wanted to stay out there and live for God in that way, but also knew that I could live for God wherever he called me. Um, and it was just figuring out what that looked like. Um, and also, it was so comfortable out there. You were just being so many, yeah, it was so encouraging, but actually it was time to live um, for him in a place where people didn't know him. And so actually I felt God saying, no, university's next, university's where I want you. So I went. And even now, like, I still ask him um, at every stage of my life. Like, even coming before I came here, I was like, what's next? He just... <laughs> highlight, you just kind of have a voice in the sky just saying, like, this is what I want you to do, that'd be great. Um, but actually, I also know that trusting him with my future is the safest place it could be. Um, I don't know what's ahead of me, but he does. Um, and as Jesus says in our passage, he says, I know where I came from and where I'm going. You don't, but I do. And there are periods in our lives where we may see the path in front of us really clearly and know which steps to take, um, but we don't often know where life will go, um, and as I said, where we'll be in 10 years' time, um, but Jesus does. Um, and when we trust Jesus to be the light that guides our steps, we will not walk in darkness, but we will have the light of life. 
Yeah, and that's such an amazing thing, even though I'm not completely sure often what that looks like. Um, and as Psalm 119, verse um, 105 reminds us, um, that God's word is a lamp onto our feet and a light to our path. Um, and he's given, our, like, he's given his word um, both in the physical book of the Bible, um, but also in the flesh, in the person of Jesus, um, so that we will never walk in darkness if we follow and trust in him. Yeah, so he, Jesus illuminates our world, he illuminates our path, but finally he illuminates our lives. So Jesus stepped down into our world to bring light into the world's darkness, but also he's done that to bring light into our own darkness. However amazing I think I am, I always know that I'm prone to love the darkness, and there's part of me that thrives there. Um, I know there's things in my heart that I don't like, that God won't like, and that aren't really good. Um, but when Jesus takes up residence in my life and heart, he brings new life and light to that. Uh, 1 John 1 verse 5 says, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. Darkness can't exist in God's presence, and it flees like darkness when a candle is lit. And I think that could be a bit scary as well, we really think about it. Um, it often illuminates the things in our lives that we would cringe at, um, that we would hide from others, but we sadly can't hide them from him. Um, but amazingly, God and Jesus don't condemn us for that, um, for our darkness. Instead, actually, he takes our darkness upon him at the cross. And as I said earlier, it's impossible, it's practically impossible to walk in complete darkness. But actually, Jesus experienced that complete darkness and separation from God so that we don't have to. And I think a really helpful illustration that someone shared with me um, a few years ago about like, what it means when I kind of say that Jesus brings light and life into our lights, into our hearts and lives. Um, it's kind of like our hearts and lives are often like dark and dusty houses. Um, when Jesus comes into our life, um, he takes up residence in that dark and dusty house, and he generally gradually walks through, gradually flicking on the lights. And I think as we partner with him and are attentive to his voice, he gradually makes his way through our life to bring light and life. I don't know about you, but some parts of my house are very easy to give over to God. I'm like, often I'm like, come on, right in, take, take up your residence and have at it. Um, but there's definitely parts of my house where I'm like, no, you can't go in there. <laughs> That's way too messy. That's way too dark. I haven't tidied. Um, and I often question, can I trust you with this part of my house, with this part of my life, with this part of my heart? And 1 John 1 verse 7 says, but if, I if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. So light brings transformation as it reveals the dark parts of our life to the light, the parts of us that seem to thrive in the darkness. And Jesus in our life and hearts illuminates our darkness um, and chases that away and takes it on him. As we, as we sung, it, he consumes it. 
Um, and actually, in that way, we can be a light to others as well. Jesus has saved us for this new life so that we can have light in our lives, so we can bring light to the world. Um, and now we have to live as children in that light. It's no use living like we used to as children of darkness, but we're called to live as children's light. And Jesus actually said to his followers um, in the Sermon on the Mount, which is recorded in Matthew um, 5, verse 14, he says, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they set it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So Jesus can be lights to our worlds, he can be lights to us, but we can also be lights to others. And we can, through our light, direct, him, direct them to him. And the way that we bring light in the world can also bring glory to our Father, as people see that actually there is hope, that there, there is someone who steps into the darkness that they see around them to bring them light and to bring them life. So I just want to encourage you to let Jesus, the light of the world, to shine through you, to illuminate your world, um, well, illuminate our world and the world around us, um, to guide you on your path through life um, and to bring light and life into the lives of those around you. Thank you.